And I think if you have a good idea and you're passionate about it and you find people to come in to your space that are smarter than you in the areas that you're weak, uh, that really it'll build your confidence and allow you to push forward. Hello, Ben Beebs, and welcome to the OSU Cascades Career Lift Podcast, where we bring you impactful guests, industry professionals, messages, and advice on how you can begin to create the career of your dreams and succeed in your path. Join us weekly on Mondays and give your career a lift. Hi, Ben Beeves, and welcome to this episode of the Career Lift Podcast. Today, we are joined by Afton Kofelt, founder and CEO of Broken Top Candle Company, a company local to Bend. Afton first started Broken Top in our kitchen in 2015 as a way to get out some creativity. And Broken Top is now in stores throughout the U.S. and even in Canada. In this episode, we chat with Afton about how she got her first order in Newport Market, learned the ropes of wholesale as she went, how Broken Top has taken off into what it is today, and how networking in the Bend community has ultimately helped her to succeed. Stay tuned. Hi, Afton. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. So to get started, could you give us all an introduction to what Broken Top Candle Company is all about and how it got started? Yeah. Um, so uh, first of all, my name is Afton Kofeld. I am the founder of Broken Top Candle Company. Uh, I started Broken Top in my kitchen in 2015 as um, it was more of a way to kind of let out some creativity. I loved candles. I was a stay-at-home mom, so I had the free time, but also, you know, my budget to go out and spend money on candles was a little, uh, a little small, if you will. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I had made candles prior and actually got into quilting and jewelry making. So uh, the holidays were around the corner. I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to kind of see what I can do to, you know, make a little money and enjoy, enjoy what candles have to offer in the fall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I started pouring and sooner or later, you know, I had friends and family uh, reaching out like, Hey, we want to buy your candles. And I was like, Oh, well, maybe this is something <laughs> like mm-hmm. instead of just like this little kitchen hobby, maybe I'm onto something. Um, yeah. So really the dream was founded in my kitchen. Uh, at the time I had two kiddos and I was pregnant with my third. Um, yeah. So really, uh, you know, started off pretty small and then spring of 2016, uh, I decided like, Hey, you know, I, I was struggling to really, make traction on Etsy and things like that. So I decided that I wanted to see what I could do to get into a local store. Um, So I reached out to Newport Market. I had started networking a little bit with some other women makers in town, and they had told me how amazing Newport was at, you know, really grabbing onto local handmade small artisan products. Mm -hmm. So I called them like not knowing what I was doing And I said, hey, you know, I would love to show you my product. I think it would be a great fit. Um, So I went to Newport with like this little tiny box of samples and my big old pregnant belly. And um, I walked out with a $400 order. Wow. That's Uh, awesome. 
I think that was honestly the true moment where Broken Top was like founded. Yeah. Uh, where you were like, you got it, where you actually thought it could be something. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were struggles at that point. Like making a candle was pretty easy, printing out a label was pretty easy, but like walking in and experiencing wholesale, you know, just the questions that they asked me, like, you know, do you have a catalog? Do you have UPCs? Do you have SKUs? What are your case packs? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 I don't, but I will find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that, oh I mean, for me, like the challenge of, you know, trying to come up with the structure to fit that mm-hmm. was really, um, kind of the birth or like the spawn of broken top. Right. Yeah. Was just having to figure all that stuff out that they would ask you. Yes. Yeah. And like, on, a, on a mass level, like the concept of somebody being able to walk in and look at a display and buy multiple candles without you even knowing them was really intriguing to me. Yeah, definitely. So when you walked into Newport, that same, so you just walked in and before you even walked out that first time they had ordered from you. Yeah. Basically. And I had set yeah. up yeah, I set up an appointment with them. Okay. So they knew like what I was offering, what sure. I was bringing. Um, but it's still like they took a huge chance on me, you know, in yeah. my little kitchen operation. Totally. Um, yeah, so that that happened in it was like May of 2016. Mm-hmm. And then I was approached by a smaller candle company or another candle company here in Bend that was pretty small and they were doing more private label options okay. and they wanted me to buy them out. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. So at the time, you know, I was pregnant with my third, I had got into Newport. I had set up a couple other consignment accounts. One was in the Pearl district in Portland. Okay. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to manage all of this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's easier to sit behind a computer and sell stuff, but how am I going to make it and ship it? And, you know, three kids, including a newborn, like, how am I going to do this? So when this candle company approached me, I actually went to my dad who was trying to make a move um, with his business because he was struggling uh, with some, some hip issues and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I said, Hey, I have this kind of crazy idea. Like, we've worked together before and him and I get along great. I said, how do you feel about kind of buying into broken top through the purchase of this little candle company? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we talked about it for a couple of days and we're like, you know what, let's do it. So we bought that candle company and then my dad became my partner overnight. Um, Awesome. That was summer of 2016. So then we moved our warehouse to his garage Mm -hmm. and, he started making there and within by that December, we had outgrown his garage and moved into our first official warehouse that was 1500 square feet. Okay. Um, yeah. And at that time we probably only had 40 wholesale accounts, 30 wholesale accounts. Okay. Which, um, which sounds like a lot still going from just going from Newport market. And what was that? So what was the timeline between like when you first walked into Newport market and when you moved into this 1500 square foot uh, place? It was about six months. Okay. So it happened. That's pretty quick. It seems like. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. Very quick. I mean, at the time, you know, when you're in it, it it's exciting, but it feels like it's moving slow. And then of mm-hmm. course, you know, I started getting really hungry, like, oh, this is so cool. Like we could be like Yankee Candle and be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And 
even now that seems like such a stretch, even though we are national, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was about seven months. And then I, uh, we signed a three-year lease and moved in there. Okay. And our lease was up in November of 2019. And we just so happened to come across a 5,000 square foot building in the same complex. Okay. So we expanded. And when we did, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're, we're, you know, taking our rent times five, mm-hmm. the times five, yep. you know, how much more revenue do we need to get? And it's going to take us forever to fill that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but we bit the bullet and we're like, okay, you know, we'll just get more sales. Like that's easy. Mm -hmm. So we moved into our current facility in November of 2019. Okay. And in November of 2020, so what, three months ago, we just expanded into 10,000 square feet. Wow. Okay. Is it a different place or is it just, did you just make the same place bigger? Yeah, unfortunately, during COVID, uh, our neighbors that had the remainder of the building, we had mm-hmm. the building split between two companies. Okay. And they weren't so lucky to, to be able to stay in business. So the opportunity came up. Um, we started talking to the landlords last summer. We're like, we don't really, we didn't feel like we really needed it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just going into September, which we're really heavy third and fourth quarter business. Okay. Is, that just, um, is that around the holidays? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So third and fourth quarter, we'll do about two thirds of our annual gross sales. Wow. In third and fourth quarter. Um, Come September, we're like, oh, you know, this space is fine, 5,000 square feet, but it's right here. Like, Mm -hmm. it's inexpensive rent. We we already are set up to move in a year if we outgrow is going to be silly. Mm -hmm. So we we bit the bullet and ended up signing the lease in November. And it was a good thing we did because come October, like we were having to store pallets over there already. Um, We ended up blowing out the wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So it, the growth has come really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. And so, so that first, you said that first um, time you went to Newport was in 2016. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now it's 2021. So I'm, Going back a little, I'm curious as to what um, what kind of pushed you to first move into that 5,000 square foot place. Was that more, was it, was it more just because you wanted to grow and you knew that you would be able to grow into it? Or was it just kind of that you, uh, I mean, that it would kind of push you to grow or neither of those? Kind of, yeah, because that seems like, that uh, does seem like a pretty big step, especially if you're not already making the revenue, I guess. To yeah, think. so we definitely... We definitely did have the sales to support the revenue and our biggest biggest problem with the growth that year. So in 2019, we actually had to say no a ton because we were literally like every day we were having trucks show up with glass and wax and wintertime, like we had no place to store it outside. So it was like as fast as we get it in and make it, we were shipping it out. And it was like a daily struggle just to keep up with the manufacturing in such Mm -hmm. a small space. Um, so we knew we had to make the move, but again, like we, we have had zero investment. Um, we've bootstrapped the whole company and, you know, I didn't, we didn't come for money. This is all just, you know, we would, we would go land an account so that we could use the three, four, five hundred dollars to make the purchase, to buy the materials, to fulfill the order. Like, yeah, (laughs) it started out pretty, uh, pretty scrappy. Yeah. 
that's awesome. That's kind of, I mean, like maybe it wasn't awesome at the time, but I love, I love hearing stories like that just because it, it goes to show that, you know, you can make it work. You know, if you really, if you really kind of just go out there. Oh, well, I think that it, honestly, I preferred that it was like that. Mm -hmm. And I think having the constraint of not being able to say yes, like if we would have had, you know, just a plethora of money or investment to be able to just continually say yes, I don't think we would have done it smart. Sure. Um, I think that, you know, being constrained, having the constraint definitely forced us to be a lot more strategic, if you will, with the growth. Sure. And in what way, and what do you mean, what do you mean by that exactly? Or how did, how did it push you to kind of be more strategic if that, yeah, if you have anything to say on that? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's always the option even now for us to go way mass scale. Like we have large department stores that we sell into, we have national accounts, but you know, if we walked into a meeting with Target or CVS, I guarantee we could pick up an order. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's like, that's not a smart move. Sure. Um, there's so much that you can do prior to that, prior to kind of uh, saturating your brand and, mm-hmm. and settling on lower margins. Um, that to me, if we would have had the investment, if we would have had you know extra cash in our pockets, I don't think we would have really thought about the placement of the brand. Mm-hmm. I think we would have just, you know, kind of let it go out of control where it's ha- it has to be thought through. Like everything we do has to be thought through and manage our cash flow, manage our budget so we can keep our staff going. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just different. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did you did you have any of that business experience before Broken Top? Or is it, or is it kind of a, a little bit of a learn, like learn as you go, which I know you you said you're kind of learning at wholesale and all of that stuff a little bit as you went. Yeah. Um, so my dad, his previous company, he actually owned uh, a landscaping company, a landscaping and maintenance company for okay. 20 years here in Bend. Yeah. Um, and when I first moved over here, when I graduated, uh, when I was 18, I actually went to work for my dad. Okay. And I managed bookkeeping and then I managed um, a landscaping crew at one point and then the maintenance at one point. So I had management and business experience like through my dad, but neither one of us have any product based backgrounds. Um, So really like other than the basic business structure and understanding, you know, your cash flow and your accounts receivable and banking, all of this, like every channel that we're in, every uh, sourcing opportunity, like all of this is brand new to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that, like really early on in the business, I started networking um, through Edco and, um, you know, I, I participate in like Vistage and Opportunity Knocks. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of those platforms allowed us to gain the knowledge that we needed in an industry that we didn't know anything about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, was that through like just talking to other people about it who had that experience? Is that kind of what you're saying as far as networking? Yeah. You know, starting very junior level, you know, just Mm -hmm. with other makers and shakers kind of, uh, you know, how are you doing what you're doing and why are you doing it that way? And what are your connections? And, um, Bend, actually, I I did an interview with Samantha O'Connor and we were talking 
about business. And I told her, I think it's if you if your business fails and bend, it's because you're really not tapping into the resources that are available here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that the community that we started in is a huge part of our success. Yeah. Um, companies, other businesses, other customers that want to support local, uh, clear up to, you know, uh, the city and the county, like they're just so willing to want businesses to thrive here. Yeah. If that absolutely. <laughs> it totally, it totally does. Yeah. Um, are you, fr- are you from Bend originally? Just no, I'm, I was born and raised in Idaho. I grew up, uh, okay. went to high school and middle school in Sun Valley and then literally moved over here the day I turned 18 because my dad was living here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, that's awesome. My, uh, one of my best friends, um, is from Sun Valley or she's from Florida, but she lives in Sun Valley for the second, um, years of her, of high school. And I just went there over Thanksgiving. It's a beautiful place. It's way beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I like it better, but <laughs> yeah, Ben, it does. Seem, it seems pretty small. Sun Valley. I don't, but yeah. Oh yeah. And they're both ski towns, I guess, if you ski. So that's. Yeah. And well, I couldn't imagine having a bill, uh, you know, a company like ours in a small space like that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Bend is perfect. You're it's big enough that you can tap into resources, but small enough that you, you don't get lost Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I um just to comment on back on your experience with growing it here. It's really interesting to hear that um I so I'm working on starting my own business and um I've been overwhelmed and I well, I will yeah, I've just been overwhelmed by um just how much people have come out to support me and I think just networking um has been one of the most integral things in like starting my business a little bit. Um and like I know Bend is a very I knew Bend prior Prior to starting my business, I knew Bend was a very entrepreneurial town, but I really had no idea just how supportive it was until um, I started my business, which is really huge. Um, yeah. So, what do you think? Is, what do you think is the biggest thing? Was it the people that really helped you, um, like get to where you're going as far as resources go, or was it also? I guess you did kind of touch on this, but was it like the people, or was it like the organizations, or accelerators, or all of the above? Um, I think all of the above, you know, there was definitely, I feel like it started more on an individual level, Mm -hmm. um, you know, meeting, meeting individuals that work for organizations Mm -hmm. and then organizations coming into play after, or, you know, as you grow at some point, you know, the referrals and connections you make are great, but until you're big enough to utilize them, sometimes it's just not relevant. Um, but you know, I, again, I'm very, very social and, you know, doing like Ben chamber events and, um, I don't know, I, I feel like it's all contributed, but there, there's another side of that too. Like if you are enjoying the give back or the feedback, you also have to be willing to give, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's where it starts coming full circle. You know, you you enter these networking situations as like this itty bitty baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole goal is that you come out of it being, you know, a mentor yourself. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think you gotta you gotta you gotta give just as much as you're taking when it comes to the networking that you're receiving, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really yeah, no, that's a really good point. So um so where are you guys now? How I know you got you are national now. How many stores are you in? Um yeah, I guess and what does oh that kind of look like? <laughs> yeah. Um, so over the last few years, we definitely were a little unique in the sense that um, I think a lot of brands like ours put their focus into their direct-to-consumer sales, mm-hmm. um, which really was never a huge focus of ours. Mm-hmm. It's always been wholesale. Okay. And my mentality is like, if I can get my product on the shelves in stores, then the direct will start coming based on those purchases. Mm-hmm. And the nice part about what we do is that we are consumable. So, you know, it's not like a, like a pot that somebody's going to buy and maybe not buy another pot for four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have sanitizers and soaps and lotions and that's part of the growth too. You know, we, yeah. we went from just having candles in 2016, uh, completely revamped the line as of 2019. Mm-hmm. And the last two years we've implemented um, uh, a lot of personal care items. So soaps lotions, bar soaps, uh, linen sprays, candles, hand sanitizers were a huge pivot for us in 2020. Um, and then we just launched, we're just getting ready to launch on our website in two weeks, a reed diffuser. Um, okay. So okay. having the extension of the products, I think has really contributed to the growth as well. Mm-hmm. And Currently, um, just in our specialty accounts, which would be like small mom and pop stores or, you know, smaller three to four chain grocery stores, we're in about 1600 locations in the U.S. Okay. Um, on top of that, we sell into Whole Foods, mm-hmm. uh, Crate and Barrel, Von okay. Mauer, Macy's, Bloomingdale's. Um, we are brand- part of the brands you love on Express.com. Yep. Um, yeah, so wow, quite a few. Yeah, and then we expanded into Canada in October with a rep group. Okay. Um, so now we're in about 30 locations there, and uh, we partner with a chain uh, called Home Goods in the US and Canada as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love Home Goods. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. That's uh, Home Goods is fun for us because we get to tap into like our private label side of things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so really the, it, we've, we've exploded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. I, I knew you, I knew you were big, but I guess I didn't, I didn't realize how big you were. Um, I should know that, but, um, so <laughs> I'm, well, with that, I'm curious too, how, um, I'm trying to think of how to ask this, but I mean, I would think that the candle, the candle market was maybe a little bit like saturated or could have been saturated already. How do you think, um, or how, yeah, how has Broken Top been able to kind of bridge into that market? And um, yeah, and what, what do you think it is about Broken Top that makes it special? Or um, yeah, and I guess in that regard, if you could talk more about um, just your mission and what your Broken Top is all about as well. Yeah, well, I think the mission kind of goes hand in hand with why the brand is kind of uh, standing out, if you will, mm-hmm. in kind of a, a, a crowded room. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of health and science that goes into the manufacturing mm-hmm. and a lot of your discount stores, um, a lot of 
products that go into like mass grocery store, like CVS, Albertson, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of those candles are actually made with a paraffin blend or straight paraffin. Yeah. So paraffin is a, uh, a byproduct of petroleum. Um, and when you burn it, that's what a lot of candles you can tell are made of those products by the black smoke that comes off of them. Uh-huh. Uh, so those are actually carcinogens being burnt and put oh. into the air. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I burned so many candles. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're we're definitely not on the lower end as far as price, mm-hmm. but um, when you look at more artisan brands that are supporting pure soy candles, no additives, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's why mm-hmm. because there is a health factor that goes into candles and a lot of people don't realize that yeah. um so all of our products you know we kind of boast are vegan phthalate free paraben free mm-hmm. um even the fragrance oils we use are called clean scents so they're made with um you know non-carcinogenic non-toxic non-cancer causing oils okay um and yeah, I think that the movement, especially when you look at other uh, like boutique store owners, they're spending all their time educating themselves about the products that they're putting into their stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think brands like ours that not only, um, you know, one of our one of our biggest selling factors as well is the the look, the aesthetic of the mm-hmm. product. Yeah. Um, and they then second, <laughs> the scent. Yeah, <laughs> our, our scent palettes are pretty, um, pretty awesome. But yeah, I think that the health factor behind the products is really the, the leading factor, especially when it comes to cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also our price points, considering what we're, what we're promoting and what the mission is behind the brand is relatively inexpensive as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on how culture is moving. Um, like, I feel like culture is moving more towards that idea of intentionality rather than like, there is this whole culture of, I think like fast fashion and um, that's like a different realm, but it's kind of related or just, you know, buying cheap, you know, like candles at TJ Maxx or whatever, or any, you know, cheap candle that maybe isn't good for you. Um, I feel like people are moving more towards that intentionality uh, um, and actually caring what's behind the products that they're buying. Have you, do you feel like that is kind of where people are moving? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that the, you know, millennial generations are definitely contributing to that movement. Mm -hmm. Um, With that, you know, like a lot of the research we do on our demographics, it also kind of goes hand in hand, one, with um, where, like where we're trying to sell, but also Mm -hmm. the, uh, usually the income bracket as well of our buyers contributes to that as well. Um, so for example, like in the South, we don't tend the South and, and more of like the, uh, uh, mid States, you know, Midwestern, if you will, like Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, Arkansas, people tend to be less likely to spend the money on the products that we're selling Mm -hmm. versus Pacific Northwest or East coast, New York. Uh, we do better in bigger cities where I think, you know, the, the health conscious factor comes in, but also um, people are making higher wages, better paying jobs. Um, it, there's a lot that goes hand in hand in that. But the intentionality, I really think, is key and something that we're working on right now um, 
is creating more of a face behind the brand. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, when I was doing all the marketing, when I was doing all the selling myself, it, it was really hard to be okay with being the limelight of that. Sure. Um, but, you know, our audience wants to know, like, why is this happening? You know, who who's the face behind Broken Top? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. Um, you know, as we've grown our staff, we've created such a cool culture. And I think people really want to see that too. Like yeah. these are products that we believe in, but they're also products like each and every one of us use in our homes with our kids and our families every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, showing people that I think is a huge part as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned your culture a little bit. Um, I'd love to hear more about what, like what, how, how have you created the culture that you have at Broken Top? Um, I was talking, I was talking to another, another, or I guess a lot, most entrepreneurs that I've talked to have, <clears throat> have talked about how important it is to surround yourself with good people. Um, I guess how, yeah. How did you start to start to maybe hire your first employees and how did you create the culture that you have at Broken Top? Um, if you'd like to touch more on that. You know, it's funny. I don't even feel like you necessarily intentionally create it. Mm-hmm. I think when you are really passionate about what you do, like if I owned a mechanic shop, yeah. let's say, um, and I just happened to fall into it and I took it over for mm-hmm. somebody, there's zero way that I would have the culture creation that I have had with Broken Top because sure. I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. Right. Um, and I think that when you hire people that see that passion, mm-hmm. they're just excited as you are to watch it grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes part of them and part of their success mm-hmm. and giving people the freedom to set goals based on, you know, our overall vision and our overall goal, mm-hmm. I also think is a huge part of that. Um, yeah. I love and embrace ideas. You know, I ultimately, you know, I, everybody jokes, like my dad always jokes like, Oh, Afton always has the final say, but I love it when people come and, you know, our warehouse staff will walk up and be like, look, look at the scent that I made. What do you think of it? And Mm -hmm. it's fun to be able to incorporate everybody. And when your company gets big enough, it's easy to do. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So I think it kind of comes organically. If you're, if you're, true to who you are and doing what you love and you believe in what you're doing. I think that it's easy for people to see that and just want to be a part of it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, do you, I feel like, and I'm, I think I'm thinking down this line cause we're just, I'm taking this class on ethics and we're learning a lot about just corporate, not, I, you, you might not be consider yourself corporate, but just culture of organizations and stuff and um, just how, how organizational culture has really created a lot of how, people just really model, I guess, the way, like the founder or CEO. And so, I mean, I I guess it seems natural that if you're just passionate about it, then other people will be too. And we'll kind of see your passion um, and how you, I guess, integrate that into business. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some steps that it takes. Like, I think one of the questions you had shot over to me was, um, you know, what, what were some of my unexpected as a business owner? And honestly, uh, the culture goes hand in hand. I think employees, yeah. uh, managing employees the, has probably been the hardest thing for me. 
because I naturally want to be friends with everybody. I naturally want to network and help. And, um, you know, there's definitely, there's zero reason why you can't be friends with your employees, but there's Mm -hmm. definitely a different stance you have to take so that you are able to step back and look at the role more as an employee versus employer role instead of friend versus friend. Um, you know, your friend can be a total mess and it's okay, mm-hmm. but when your employee is a total mess, it's different. It's different how you approach it and mm-hmm. it affects the workplace. Um, you know, we have a very open vibe here. We have six people in, you know, a thousand square foot office. And if one person's having a bad day, like it affects everybody, mm-hmm. yeah. um, So I I think that's, you know, it's like the best thing in the company is the employee culture, but it's also the hardest thing that I've ever done. And I have three kids. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I can imagine. I can imagine that'd be pretty difficult. I've thought about that before too, and just uh, starting my own business and what that, what that would be like, because yeah, I'm like a total, total people person. I'm, I'm not, I'm not very good at confrontation or, um, I'm not either. Yeah. And I think that's stuff that you have, you have to be good at. You too. And I think that it's not even that you have to be good at it. I think over time, um, you know, just like working, using a shovel all day, you're going to build calluses. And it's really unfortunate, but you do. And, you know, it also like the bigger you get, there's a natural disconnect that happens, unfortunately, with with your staff, because, you know, they're doing what they need to be doing. And typically, that means that they're working as a team in these small little clusters. And, As a CEO, you kind of just end up getting pushed over to the side, like, oh, you know, go do your boring CEO stuff and we're going to hang out and talk marketing. And you're like, oh, you're like, all right, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I I tell them all the time, I'm like, gosh, it'd be really nice just to go pour candles today. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 What? So what is like, what is your, what do you do mainly or what does your day to day kind of look like? Yeah, I, um, since I handed over the manufacturing, you know, back in 2016, my dad and I definitely, you know, teamed up for the first year or two and, and we're all in with production, mm-hmm. um, for the last probably two years. Like, I don't even know how to make half the body products. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you their process for pouring candles anymore. Um, but I was never like I was good at making it when I started, but that stuff I would get bored of the quickest. Um, I'm definitely more creative. I spend a ton of time in our marketing and sales side. Uh, Nationally, you know, we, we have a strong sales force outside of our warehouse Mm -hmm. um, through independent and like group reps in the United States. So between the U.S. and Canada, we have a hundred reps, independent reps that we manage. Okay. Wow. Um, and then you know all of our product development and all of our marketing on direct to consumer and our wholesale side. So daily, I'm working with our you know our our sales and our marketing to continue to make decisions to push us forward. Um, and then the really boring stuff like payroll and mm-hmm. you know uh, mm-hmm. trademark. We just, got our trademark in January. So I, you know, worked oh, with awesome. the attorneys for that mm-hmm. and um, just really, it's the boring stuff now. Yeah. I guess you do boring stuff. Yeah. yeah. Necessary stuff, but not as exciting. Yeah. yeah. Still important, but yeah. definitely not as exciting. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so was, so transitioning a little, was there ever a point in Broken Top's growth where you realized like how big it could get? I mean, I, w- I was going to ask if you ever, if you had envisioned it to get this big, but I, I don't know if you really ever could imagine. Um, yeah. What, was there a point when there was just like, you were just like, okay, this is growing and it's going to keep growing. Um, so the, the, the short answer to that question is 2020, you know, the first half of 2020 was scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to trade shows in January, February, everything was awesome. And then we hit COVID yep. and we went from, you know, 10 employees down to me and my dad all over again. Mm-hmm. And overnight I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah. what, you know, we were, we had the trajectory, things were picking up, like what, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, May came around and orders started coming in and things kind of started opening back up. And before you knew it, know it, like the end of 2020, I look back and we did 120% over 2019, wow. even with having, you know, a good $75,000 of the orders cancel. Yeah. Um, so this year, like ending 2020 now, I can definitely say like, we're going forward. Yeah. Um, with conviction. Yeah. And like seeing it through that challenge and still making yeah. it doing well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the faith was there last January and February for sure. Like again, picking up whole foods and that was a moment where I was like, okay, this is real. Like yep. the hopes that I had five years ago were actually coming true. Yeah. And for a minute in 2020, I was like, Oh, I'm going to lose it all. And then it yep. came back. So now I look at it and I'm like, I still, I walk in every day and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did we get here? Why are we here? But it's amazing. And and I just continue to see, I I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, we're not going to keep growing. And the biggest thing is like, it's not even the growth with the product necessarily. But again, when I walk in and I walk out to the warehouse and like right now we have 13 employees Um, And we just came off our busy season. So we always hire a little heavier for third and fourth quarter. It's like, this is really cool. It's really cool that, you know, it went for me and my dad. And despite the accounts, despite how many dollars, despite how many products, now it's the people that are involved in touching everything every day. It's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. If... I mean, this can be included, but what, what in Broken Top or what from, that's actually, yeah, that's maybe not the right way to ask it. What about Broken Top and just growing Broken Top brings you the most joy? The most joy. Um, honestly, like it's the littlest tiny thing for me. I, I have learned so much in so many facets of the business mm-hmm. from yeah, like not just the business side, but like the small little, you know, like logistics, um, shipping, product development, you know, marketing. And anytime I get to have a conversation about sales or marketing, I just get like bah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> super excited. Yeah. Um, I still personally 
when able. Um, I still go to all the trade shows. I still stand in the booth. I still sell, usually by myself. Yeah. Um, it's fun. So, it. Yeah. Just, it's, it's an opportunity to get back to what I like doing. And anytime I get to do that, it that really brings me a ton of happiness. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I Working love- in the business. Yeah brings me happiness. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I can, ima- I can imagine. I feel like that would be kind of fun to go travel a little bit with your company and kind of get to talk to people who um, are interested in it or curious about it and, and stuff like that. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're sitting in a booth and, you know, you see a badge flash that says Macy's, you're like, <gasps> like come here. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Is that where you connected with Macy's? Was that a trade show? Yeah, we picked him up at New York Now. Okay, okay. Uh, Which seemed so funny. Like, New York Now, for two years prior to the first time we went, it was like, oh, my gosh, if we can make it to New York to a trade show, like, we know we've made it. Yeah. And the first time you're there and you're just this little tiny bitty baby brand and talking to these buyers, you know, clear across the country, it's, it's pretty substantial. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So transitioning a little bit again, I'm curious as to how, um, how has it been be, ra- raising your kids, I guess, and, um, and starting a candle company. And I, I heard, I, w- I heard another podcast where someone um, asked this question. I thought it was a really interesting question. It was a really good question, but do you think there was anything about being a mom that prepared you to um, prepare you for a broken top? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think, um, you know, the, the old, like women can multitask Mm -hmm. kind of thing, um, I think really helps, but also, you know, like managing a company is no different than managing your household. Mm -hmm. You know, your kids are fighting, your, your employees will fight, um, you know, little things, little praises, little wins, being able to, even if it's a rep or an employee, like, being a mom, you know, looking at my kids when they're struggling and being able to say, Hey, you know, I know this is really hard, but you're doing really great. Like it, it like, that is how the entire world works. Yeah. Not just motherhood. Totally. Um, but I think being a mom allows you to kind of tap into that vulnerability a little bit deeper. Um, having kids and starting the company was interesting. Um, there was definitely a huge period of time where I was the back burner, mm-hmm. um, not, not the kids, not the business. And of course, traveling uh, was probably the biggest hit on them. Yeah. Um, usually the trade show circuits, we, we dabble in the gift industry and the trade show circuits happen twice a year and January and February uh, for the last couple of years, I'd be gone for like five weeks straight. Okay. Yeah. Um, That'd be hard. Yeah. Which was definitely hard. Um, but you know, I think the positive side now is like even through COVID and having my kids home a lot more, uh, you know, they'd come into the office with me and they would help out. And now they just see it as like part of me for one, but I think that there's a huge sense of pride that comes from it for them. Yeah. You know, anytime, um, you know, we'll be at a store and they're like, mom, look, your candles. Yeah. And awesome. uh, yeah, yeah. And 
it's kind of fun to be able to bring them in and everybody's like, you know, super open and cool with them. And yeah. 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 (laughs) I know I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say, ask if, if you thought that like being a business owner kind of did give you a little bit of a flexibility in that way. Um, Cause yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, that sounds nice just to be able to, to bring your kids into work and, you know, have it just be your place. And yeah. Well, it's still very distracting. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want them there every day. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not getting anything done Mm -hmm. those days. Um, Yeah. But it, I don't know. I mean, I think in the beginning it definitely offered flexibility, but when you start growing like this, like you step away from, if if I step away from my emails for a day, you know, it's to the point where it takes me three days to catch up. Um, And I, it's so funny. Like I remember, you know, four or five years ago when I first started reaching out and trying to get into stores and was emailing with buyers, Mm -hmm. uh, I used to get so frustrated because I'm like, how hard is it to answer an email? Mm-hmm. You know, like I sent you this email five days ago yeah. and you haven't responded. Like how hard is it? Yeah. And now being in the role that I am now, like I'll scroll back through my email. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they emailed me two weeks ago and I forgot to respond. Yeah. <laughs> I'm be buried, I'm sure if you're receiving so many. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of a funny, uh, yeah, it's a funny full circle story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Well, I have like maybe two more questions for you. Um, I actually, I could probably, t- I probably have enough questions to talk to you for two more hours, but I'll just ask you a couple more. Um, Deal. I guess if you could go. Okay, so if you could go back in time and tell yourself anything when you started Broken Top, what would it be? Um, I think, you know, I was fortunate enough, like I said, to network and really hear so many people's mistakes early on. Um, if I could go back, I think that, you know, definitely shifting focus sometimes. Um, some of the little things that, you tend to get lost in that you feel like are important turn like aren't, especially when it comes to your overall vision, depending on what they are. Um, and I don't know. I think early on, I definitely was guilty of, um, you know, back to like the focus and paying attention to where you should. I don't feel like I had a good family balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, started this, but I feel like I learned pretty quickly. It was about two years ago, especially when I was traveling to trade shows and stuff and I'd come home and I'm like, okay, you know, I went out and I did what I did. And now, you know, back to the email scenario, mm-hmm. I don't have to respond to that buyer today. Yeah, It's not going to go anywhere. They're interested in what we have to sell. You know, obviously they reached out to me. Mm-hmm. So really have a good balance. And now, um, you know, I see so many people that own businesses or might be in like higher management roles that really struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody in your life, including yourself and your spouse or your, you know, significant other, your kids, they benefit from you like being present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and my mom actually is a big advocate of that. She's like, be present, put your phone down. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, 
Yeah. So I think just really assessing priorities and uh, I think that would have been the biggest thing, especially early on. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like that's a good reminder for anyone. Oh, for sure. In any facet, whether you're a business owner or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, And then what advice, do you have any advice for students who maybe are um, interested in starting their own business or have an idea, um, but maybe are scared or don't think that they're, they're ready, I guess you could say. Um, network, network like crazy. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, anytime I, even now I hit a hurdle and I get on the phone with, you know, other business owners or, mentors of mine, um, don't be afraid to ask a question because you're not going to learn unless you, unless you do. But also, you know, I think that there's calculated risk that can be taken. Um, I think, you know, if you, if you're making it to a college level and considering entrepreneurship, I'm pretty sure, you know, you understand the important side of things, but also, you know, there, it goes back to the old adage, like no risk, no reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yeah. also, you know, networked with quite a few business owner, business owners that I say have analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Like they overthink, they overthink things to a point where they talk themselves out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think if you have a good idea and you're passionate about it and you find people to, come in to your space that are smarter than you in the areas that you're weak, Mm -hmm. uh, that really it'll build your confidence and allow you to push forward. Yeah. Like I know I suck at finance, like real bad. Um, And through networking, you know, I found the right people to surround myself with to help me with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes me more confident in the decisions that I make every day, knowing that, they've taught me they're by my side in case I, I have any questions or if I'm failing. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, networking, like just network, yeah, network, get all the smarter people around you. Yeah. I love that. So important. And there are so many people in Bend that, um, that are willing to help, especially, yeah. Any entrepreneur that's beginning or, um, yeah, so many places to make connections. Yeah. It's very much not a, uh, Oh, what's the word? Like competition town, if you will. I'm sure that, you know, everybody's got their own little niche and and maybe competitor, direct competitor in town. But yeah. for the most part, um, yeah, you, you can't go wrong in Bend yeah. at all. Yeah, no, definitely not. Awesome. Well, with that, I guess last question is how can um, how can students find more, find, found out, find out more about Broken Top Candle Co.? Uh, yeah, um, probably our website or social media. Um, we try to engage quite a bit on both. Uh, our website is brokentopcandleco.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for joining, joining me on the podcast. And thanks for chatting with me for almost an hour. It's great to hear your story. And uh, Awesome. Yeah, well, really it was such it. a pleasure to meet you. And thank you so much for taking your time. And uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you. That's all for this episode, Ben Beeves. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Career Lift Podcast.